Hello, my name is John Campion and I'm the West Mercia Police and Crime Commissioner and welcome to our latest Safer West Mercia podcast. Uh, today we're going to be talking about uh, independent custody visiting and I'm joined by uh, a very special guest who I'll let introduce themselves. Ian, do you want to introduce yourself and a little bit about your background? Uh, well, John, uh, firstly, good afternoon to you and thank you very much for inviting me to join your podcast. Uh, my name is Ian Baldry. Um, I've been an independent custody visitor now for nearly four years. Um, why did I become an independent custody visitor? Uh, I was simply looking for some new challenges post-retirement. Uh, I was I was actively uh, and still am actively involved with the charity Help for Heroes, um, but I was looking for some additional interest. So uh, in addition to setting up a neighbourhood watch scheme uh, in our village, in the village of Flagbury, where I live, uh, I decided to apply to become an independent custody visitor. Uh, I covered the Worcester custody suite, uh, along with other uh, other independent custody visitors. Uh, very much enjoy the role, uh, because I actually feel it's an opportunity to give something back to the community. Uh, for many years, I held uh, a territorial commission in the army. Uh, I was a senior executive in industry, uh, and I just felt that the communication skills that I had achieved through my business, through the army, uh, could be put to good use as an independent custody visitor. And um, had you ever heard of the scheme before, Ian, before you saw the advert? Uh, did you know Did you know about the uh, the scheme and, uh, and, and what happened in police custody? Um, I would like to say, John, yes, I did. But the honest answer is, no, I didn't. Um, so actually, I, I found your, the website you know, very, very useful because there are a number of voluntary roles um, published. Um, and I saw the role of the ICV, uh, looked at the job description, and I felt, yeah, this is something I could make a positive contribution to. You, um, you're not in the, uh, you're not in the minority. I think large sections of the public don't understand what happens in police custody or or the very careful uh, safeguards that are there, to which, of course, ICVs uh, form, a, form a part of. Um, you're, uh, you come with a very interesting voluntary background as well, uh, working uh, with the Territorial Army, and, uh, and again, a real, uh, obviously, a sense of volunteering um, uh, as part of it. And um, if, you were, if you were going to, if there was somebody that was listening to the podcast today, and uh, you would pick out just the one thing that pricked your interest, the biggest thing that pricked your interest in in the scheme. Do you remember what it was uh, when uh, when you first joined? Uh, I think what I found appealing about the scheme, that here was an opportunity for an outside third party to come along and ensure that there's uh, transparency and accountability. Um, we're very fortunate in this country that we don't live in a police state. Uh, we have a police service that serves the community. And I do think it, it's very important that when an individual is detained, uh, that ICV volunteers, as members of the community, who are members of the general public, um, that they've got access to detainees to make sure 
that they're being looked after properly in accordance with PACE, the Police and Criminal Evidence Act. Having this transparency, um, I feel it protects both the detainees and also the custody staff. Um, I have to say, John, in the four years that I've been uh, working at the Worcester Custody Suite, uh, the custody staff, they take their responsibilities very seriously and they work to a very, very high standard. Um, I, I, I would absolutely, absolutely agree with you. So just so we're clear to our, our listeners, you're you're completely independent of West Mercia Police. You're a, you're a volunteer for myself as commissioner and, and it's my statutory duty to have a scheme um, in place to which you help me deliver. Your visits, which are completely unannounced, they don't know um, that you're coming in advance, so they, they don't get to whip around and get everything ship shape. It's exactly as you would find it. You literally press the buzzer uh, to get into the suite and, uh, and you're in and they're required to do that fairly swiftly um, as well. Um, so just tell us a little bit around the kind of things that you're looking for on a visit. What kind of things are you checking? And, uh, you know, roughly how long uh, would it take? And indeed, uh, what happens with with whatever you find? Just bring it to life a little bit, the, the visit that you would make. Uh, you know, do you do it on your own? Do you do it with, with others? How, how does it work? Well, I think for the benefit of the listener, I think it would be helpful if I could just very briefly uh, take them through the process. Uh, we work in pairs. Uh, the reason we work in pairs uh, is it's for practicality. Um, so when we're meeting a detainee, one of the ICVs will be asking the questions, uh, whilst the other ICV will be taking notes Um we work within a rotor system. We're given a one-week slot, and it's down to the ICVs to decide when and at what time, which day and what time, they're going to carry out that visit. Uh, as you already alluded to, we arrive unannounced. Uh, we introduce ourselves to the custody sergeant. We're then allocated a detention officer, uh, who will then tell us how many detainees are in custody. Uh, we are particularly interested in knowing if they have any children, stroke, adolescents, or detainees with mental health issues, because they would have a priority uh, for our visit. We then accompany the detention officer to the designated cells. The detention officer, he or she, they read out a statement uh, explaining who we are, that we're independent from the police. We don't know why they've been detained, but our reason for being there is to uh, ensure uh, that they're being properly look for, uh, looked after. The detainee does have the prerogative and the right to say, no, I don't wish to have a visit. Uh, in which case we move on. Uh, from my experience, the majority of detainees are quite happy to speak to us. For all of the detainees, uh, there are certain things that we want to establish and we want to check. Um, have they been offered a rights and entitled document explaining why they're in custody? If they've been offered legal advice and whether they've been offered to... Uh, to have something to eat and drink. Most importantly, um, if somebody's been informed 
that they're in custody, whether they have any medical requirements or whether they need uh, a language interpreter. If the person has a disability, uh, we want to establish that reasonable adjustments um, have been made for them. If we're visiting a child or adolescent, uh, we would check in particular that they've been given timely access to an appropriate adult uh, and that other additional measures are in place for their well-being. Um, with their permission, we'd ask to see their, their custody records uh, to check things like how long they've been in custody uh, and whether or not they've been charged. Um, if we're visiting somebody with poor mental health, again, uh, we want to establish that the individual has had timely access to an appropriate adult. Uh, we'd ask to check their custody record. Uh, we'd be looking for things like whether they've had a medical check every 30 minutes uh, and that the risk has been monitored. We would ask whether a mental health assessment has been requested. Uh, and if so, we'd note when it was requested and how long it's expected to take. We'd also check how long they've been in custody to that point. One of our roles, it's our job to ensure that everyone in custody uh, is treated equally um, ac according to the Equality of Act of 2010. Now, for the benefit of the listener, uh, this act, it outlines nine protected characteristics. It's our job to ensure that nobody is treated unfairly because of any one of those characteristics. This might mean that reasonable adjustments need to be made. I mean, for example, if somebody is deaf, there may be a need for a, a, a British Sign Language interpreter, or someone may require uh, different food uh, because of their religion. If we identify a detainee has a mental health or learning disability, substance mis misuse issue, uh, or any other vulnerabilities, uh, the police would then refer them to a thing called the Liaison and Diversion Service for additional support. Uh, this is something that Worcester Custody Suite, they, they are very familiar with, uh, and they're very much on top of this. Uh, I mean, they, they, that, that is quite, I think they see that as quite, that there's obviously a, a, a quite an important function. It, it, it's one of those great services I, I commission actually as, uh, as commissioner. It's, uh, it is a very useful role. So uh, absolutely the, the, the role to, um, to, to be the, uh, the advocate, as it were, to ensure that the person being detained is, is being treated fairly and, uh, and equally as you've touched. As part of your visit, you'll also check some of the other things, won't you, in terms of the fabric and other facilities absolutely. that are available? Yeah, no, no, absolutely. It's not just uh, liaison, liaising with the detainees. Uh, we want to look at the condition of the custody suite. We're going to look at the uh, things like the overall cleansiness. Is the CCTV working? Uh, mundane things like, you know, is the cell called button working? What's the condition of the showers? Um, have female hygiene packs? Are they readily available for any of mm. the female detainees? Um, they have an, ex an exercise yard. 
occasions we would just ask, yes, we'd like to go and have an inspection, just see what what, what state that's in. Uh, and how long, how long roughly, uh, we, Ian, would, it, would a visit take? How long would your, your average visit take? I guess, John, I mean, this would depend on the number of detainees being held. But typically, I, I think you would allow yourself a, a one-hour visit. It would take about, about one hour. And uh, I think that just goes to show the... Uh, the, the the thoroughness of the of the visit and the and the trained nature of 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 the visitors um in this past year the pandemic uh, has uh, has changed uh, much of our lives and the physical nature of the things we've been able to do and indeed today we're doing this podcast across a, uh, a, a, a virtually we're doing it uh, uh, from two different locations um what's it mean for your um, your role uh, as visitors obviously we still have people detained in West Mercia cells. Um, what's what's it meant for the uh, ICVs, and uh, what have you guys been doing to to adapt? Well, it's been a challenge, but for the integrity of the system, uh, I, I think there's a consensus and a feeling that it's very important that we maintain a line of communication uh, and give best effort in maintaining the service. Um, the reality is that since last March, since the first lockdown, due to health and safety reasons, all of our visits have been done have been done virtually. At Worcester, we, we initially, we were using uh, a secure WhatsApp video call. Um, however, signal problems, intermittent signal problems made this uh, a challenge. Uh, so we've now um, just introduced, um, as of a couple of weeks ago, a telephone link with the detainees. It is a compromise. Is there a reticence amongst detainees in wanting to speak to a stranger via a telephone link? Uh, I, I think the answer to that, John, is only only time will tell. Uh, but it is important that we do our best to maintain that contact. When we're speaking to someone remotely, we do have to factor in that we aren't physically there. So that possibly means asking the detainee more open-ended questions. You know, are they happy with the facilities? Have they any concerns? Uh, and of course, these are questions that we have not only just put to the detainee, but we would also ask the detention officer as well you know, is there anything that we need to be made to be made aware of it um it, it's a it's a changing time isn't it and we're in uh, uh the third uh, lockdown um at the moment and uh, we don't quite know uh, where we're going next we're hoping the hoping the uh, the vaccine will ha- help bring a bit of normality uh, just in your mind uh, what do you think we'll have to have to happen or change now uh, to be able the the scheme to to move forward, or is it literally, um, you know, the next big change will be the physical visits resuming at some point? I, I think the next big change will be, of course, when the physical visits start again. I'm sure I speak on behalf of all the other ICVs. Uh, there is no substitute for actually. Uh, making a physical visit uh, for the reasons that I've explained. Um, But it is what it is. When will physical visits take place? 
I, I guess the acid test is very simply right. Once the vaccination program has taken effect, when we no longer have to social distance, the two meter social distance, uh, when we no longer have to be wearing PPE, um, and it's actually safe to resume. Uh, when will that happen? Who knows? Um, I suspect. I suspect it won't be much before midsummer, and it could even be the autumn. But regardless, we shall persevere. I, I think one of the things I, I, if I could just briefly mention, of course, is what is the reporting mechanism? Um, at the end of our visit, whilst we're in the custody suite, uh, there is a standard secure uh, online format, uh, which we fill out. Copies of that go to the custody inspector and if there were, if we did flag up any concerns, that would then be down to the duty inspector to respond and to inform us what action has been taken. Uh, we would then receive an email. Uh, it's usually within about 24 hours confirming this action has been taken. Uh, and then uh, that ICV form, it's closed. Um, but can be, but all ICV reports they can be accessed by the ICVs within West Mercia. It's um, it, 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 the reason why I think all it is fascinating is that uh, first of all the the fact that um, uh, through the visit there is a product in terms of these are the things if there are things to be sorted out or to be raised that uh, that they're taken seriously, which is important to me as commissioner because you're doing it in my in my name and the second is the way that you guys have adapted through all of this it's not a perfect scenario you know physical visits are are probably the best way to do it but but rather than have nothing at all to hear the adapting around the whatsapp and then the then the phone call um you know this important role being able to carry on in some form during this time has been really really important because um most people will never experience police custody either a visit or indeed um, uh, uh, be uh, to be actually detained and uh, the the environment can feel an alien one and that's why the the checks that you perform on my behalf and your colleagues perform on my behalf are so vital to make sure that people get the uh, treatment and and uh, and their rights are upheld in, in in the way that they in the way that they are so for me uh, it's good to hear and I absolutely agree with you uh, I don't think it's going to be immediate the uh, return to physical visits but um I hope it's not too long um, because um, it would also mean other bits of our society are returning to uh, a little more uh, a little more normality, which has got to be in everybody's um, interest. I'm incredibly grateful uh, for your um, you and your colleagues giving your time up for this important role. You mentioned it at the beginning. Uh, you'd not heard of it before. And I think that's that that's the case. But without your contribution, your colleagues contribution, we wouldn't have the reassurance as a, as a collective population the police custody is a safe place to be uh, and indeed uh, it's right that you mentioned it earlier we don't live in a police state um, you you aren't in police custody for punishment you're there either for your own safety or as part of a an investigation and uh, that um, the rights that are associated with us as an individual have to be maintained and you're an important uh, safeguard so your voluntary uh, contribution and your colleagues is uh, is an impressive thing and I'm grateful uh, that you do it. I'm also very grateful for you joining this afternoon and talking a bit about your uh, role so knowledgeably uh, setting out uh, the the bits that you do and uh, and if any uh, anybody that's listening is interested in being a volunteer we do recruit 
uh, from time uh, to time. Uh, we have custody centres uh, in Shrewsbury, in Telford, in Kidderminster, in Worcester uh, and in uh, Hereford. Uh, and if you look on my website, if you put into your search engine, uh, West Mercia uh, PCC, uh, you'll see uh, that there is a, a page that talks about not only the custody visiting scheme, but also how uh, if somebody did want to volunteer, how you can register your interest and when we uh, when we advertise the role. So a uh, big thank you for me, Ian, for joining this afternoon. Thank you very much. And, and uh, I hope that, that the information I provided has been uh, given, uh, given people a, a useful insight uh, in what we do as ICVs. Um, we have had a recent recruitment drive at Worcester, and I'm pleased to say that um, we've got one uh, new ICV now on board. There are three who have undergone the interviews and are now uh, going through the security clearance. Uh, and we have one other in the pipeline, which is uh, so, yeah, because um, actually one of the best form of recruitments is actually via the ICVs. <laughs> it is. And uh, it's, it's also probably the most successful because you know the skills that are needed. And uh... ab ab Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so a big thank you, me, for joining uh, this afternoon. And uh, a thank you to our uh, listeners for listening uh, to the podcast. Uh, as I reiterate, if you uh, have a, a look on my website, there is further uh, information uh, around independent custody visitors. And uh, thank you for listening to the Safer West Mercia podcast.